Right, good morning, everyone. So, if you, as Sam's already said, if you've got your Bibles, if you can grab them, please. If you can turn to Ephesians 6, um, verse, starting from verse 5, because that's where we're starting today. Um, just when I read the Bible in the mornings, I currently have a very tatty piece of paper that. I used to tick off uh, how I'm working through reading through the Bible in a year. And one of the things it says on it, because I've, I've written a few things to help me engage with the Word of God. It says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So God has created us to live, hasn't he? And part of that is actually that we give time to God's Word. It's actually that we feast on it. And actually, this morning... We're not going to have the words up on the screen just because we're, we're doing something slightly different. Neil, thank you so much for serving us so well. Um, we've not yet sorted out how to do that with words on the screen yet. But actually, that's no bad thing because that means we get to have our Bibles in our hands. We get, and that, that's the place they should be living, really. We want to be daily having the Bibles in our hands, feasting on the Word of God because we know that is a place which God has ordained for us to find life. And we want life, don't we? We want to live life to the full, because that's God's intention for us. So we're continuing our series, Sit, Walk, Stand. And as Sam's already said, this is the penultimate one in this sermon in this series. So, as you all know, I hope by now, after many weeks of talking about what it means to sit, and many weeks of what it means to walk, when we talk about sit, what we're actually referring to is how the first half of the book of Ephesians is all about sitting in what God has done for us. It's sitting, it's resting in the truth that Jesus went to the cross for us. He died and paid the price for our sins and our shame. But more than that, as always been brought this morning, that we've been brought into his family, that every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places has been given to us. This could be an interesting morning if my notes are going to be blown around all over the place. Uh, and so, and, and it's from this place that forms our identity. Because actually, we, we have a new identity in Christ. We're now found in Christ Jesus. And actually, that's the place we're to be living from. And that's why the sitting comes before the walking. And so today is the last section that we're doing on walking. And actually, as, as we explore this, we just need to always keep in mind that, that where we walk from, the way we're walking, the way we do life, comes from that place of who we are in Christ and what he has done for us. So hopefully you've all found Ephesians 6, verse 5 by now. And I had found it, but the wind has taken it away. Here we go. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, Rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. So here, Paul is continuing to break down what it means to live a spirit-filled life of worship to God. And he specifically, he gave that general exhortation in Ephesians 5. And then, as we've been seeing over the last few weeks, 
we, we've been exploring what it means in households. That's the place Paul started, was households. Actually, Paul's very deliberately started with households because it was known at that time that it was the household culture that affected the culture of the city. And so, not only is Paul calling the... Thank you, Sam. <laughs> not only is Paul calling the... Ephesian church to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that they have in Christ Jesus to honour and glory in God. But actually, by doing this, his expectation is that the city of Ephesus will be changed from the inside out. And this is what we want for Faversham, isn't it? We want to see our town changed from the inside out. And there's lots of things that we can do in being proactive in that. But actually, what we're going to see today is that starts with our everyday lives. It starts with how we live in our everyday lives. Who is the Lord of our life? Who are we serving in our life? Who does the glory go to in what we do in our everyday life? So, a bond servant. Your translation might say slave or servant. I'm reading from the ESV. But a bond servant was an integral part of the households in, uh, in this time when the letter was written. And Roman slavery was quite different from what might come to our mind. We carry quite a lot of cultural baggage for how we see slaves. And we think back maybe to the three million black African slaves that were taken off to the New Americas and how they were in brutal, humiliating, degrading life situations, which there was no end to. It was they were taken, they were captive, there was no freedom from that. They were mistreated. So Roman slaves were actually captured off the battlefield, uh, a lot of them. And if they hadn't have been captured, they would have been put to death. But they were bonded, usually for about seven years, at which point they could win their freedom, and at which point they could also receive, or they would receive the wage for the time they were bonded. That doesn't mean that they were treated well. Because as we can see from the passage itself, which... Let's turn page again. <laughs> as we can see from the passage itself, Paul addresses masters as well as slaves and says, don't be threatening towards them. Don't give you threatening behaviour. But actually, historians of the day, he said, in some ways, it was actually better to be a slave than a poor freeman because at least someone had a vested interest in you. At least the wealthy wanted you to be able to, to live and serve them in a way. So it's, it's, I'm not saying it was a great thing, but what I am saying, it's not necessarily what comes to our mind. But interestingly, Paul's focus here isn't on whether slavery is right or wrong. He does address that in some of his other letters. But here, his focus is actually on how as Christians, we're to live out our newfound freedom in Christ in the situations that we find ourselves in. It's about where our heart's at. Who are we serving and who are we living for? Verse 7 says, We render in service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man. But at the start of the passage, Paul says, Obey your masters. So what, what Paul's saying is actually, that there's a way that we, we can serve those around us who we're called to serve, but we do it in a way where we're rendering service to God, where we recognise God is our master. God is our Lord. And that's why what we read here is applicable to us today. Though we might not be human slaves, and though we might not be masters and have slaves under us, 
actually what Paul says here is applicable to all aspects of life because it's about how we handle ourselves who are we serving who is our master in our life Uh, and a great way of seeing the link would even just be thinking about work so when you go to work you're usually in a contract for someone aren't you you're bonded to someone in some way so how how are you working for them are you when they're looking upon you are you doing good work and then when they're looking away are you like taking it easy getting your phone out or even if someone is working for you are you actually putting their are you serving them in a way to to bless them are you making their life easier or are you using them to actually make life easier for yourself so you don't have to do as much work you're like oh no i'll push that their way so i can go play golf or i can go and uh, do yoga as an example i heard from someone else the other day <laughs> but so paul is saying that freedom starts on the inside okay and it comes when we live our lives based on gospel truth and we live our lives for Jesus and his glory so because we're no longer slaves to sin and shame that's what we see early on in the book of Ephesians that we were we were trapped we we, we weren't ever free we were slaves to the ways of this world to the powers to in essence to the powers of darkness and actually Jesus has paid the price for us he's redeemed us but we're now slaves of righteousness we're brought to him. We have a new master. In Colossians 3, which is a parallel passage to what we're looking at today, uh, it can be helpful to read, to read that word in as well. It says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So our worship is not just when we come together on a Sunday morning. But actually what this is saying is that our whole life is to be service to God, is to be a God-glorifying life. And this is the mindset, attitude we are called to. But actually it brings confidence to us. I remember when I was away studying at college, I went up to Coventry for a few years, and the one thing I wanted to do was I wanted to work for the church. And the one thing, I, the reason why I wanted to work for the church is because I wanted to live a life which I could use to glorify God with. I wanted to live a life where I would see fruit of God's kingdom coming. And, and the reality is I was misguided. Because actually, we're all called to live lives that, that is glory to God. The difference is, who are we serving? So even this morning as I was trying to... Um, I don't have the best memory, if I'm honest. And so I find it useful in the morning before I preach to be going over again what I'm looking to bring and share in the morning. And Molly was wanting to spend time with me. And actually, I, I, I could have got frustrated. I could have been like, no, no, I need to prepare for this morning. But actually, I just felt God put on my heart, like actually, as you go and spend time with her, that's, that's service to me. Like if you do it with the heart of actually God, you've given me Molly and I want to bless her, I want to raise her right, I want her to know that her daddy is here for her. And actually I just really experienced God's presence and grace in that. And whether putting out chairs on a Sunday morning, you know what? If we're doing it for the sake of putting out chairs, that isn't service to God. It might be serving the people of God, but it's not service to God. But actually, if at the core of our heart and our identity we're doing it to serve God to glorify God that is good works and that is fruitful works and God will bless it and that is trans- 
that's take a, we can take that into all areas of our life. That doesn't mean that every single second of every day I'm thinking, I'm doing this for your glory, God. I'm doing this for your glory, God. But actually, one helpful way, I think, is for us to be thankful. I think when we're going about our days, being thankful for the things that we're doing, being thankful for God at work in our lives, and that actually helps us to live a life of glory to God. And actually, as we're living a life of glory to God, God is our focus, and we can only do that because God is at work in us. And that shines forth, you know. People see that. That's an authentic message to people of, what the Christ, of who God is and of what he has done for us. So we're not to, it says, doesn't it, not by way of eye service in our serving as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man. So that's verses 6 and 7. So we, we are to serve faithfully, not seeking favour from men, but in a way that we worship and honour God as Lord of our life. Maybe you're in a tough situation. Maybe for a long time you've, you've been serving faithfully. It could be something at work. It could be a situation outside of work. But, but maybe you're getting to the point where you feel like you're reaching the end of your tether. Like, God, I've been faithful. I've been doing this for so long, but I, I just I don't, I can't keep doing it. I just can't keep doing it. Do you know God would say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done for being faithful. But continue to be faithful, for I am with you. And I will give you the grace for it. And the last few weeks of me have been busy. There's been a lot going on. Uh, and Molly, this last week as well, has been really sick, bless her. She's had a throat infection and a chest infection. Um, and it does seem that whenever I'm preaching, there's always things going on, which is always fun. But... Um, what God is really teaching me at the moment is to actually do life from the place of his grace. It says, doesn't it, in Romans, that if we receive his abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, that we are ruled and reign in life. And that doesn't mean that we control life around us. But what it means is actually life doesn't control us. What it means is actually God gives us all we need for life and godliness. He gives us all we need to sustain us. Even if we think we need more than he's given us. But it says in that verse, we need to receive it. And I think our temptation is, well, it's so easy to go about life not receiving the grace that we have from God daily. Our temptation is to go about doing it in our own strength. Uh, I love it. I think it's 1 Peter 4 where it talks about if you speak, do it as if you're speaking oracles of God. If you serve, do it in the strength that God supplies and then in all things, God will be glorified. So it's even saying that actually, as we want to give a life of service to God, we do it by receiving from him and doing it in the strength he supplies. So that's one of the ways that, that we glorify God and we serve him in all of life, is to recognise, God, we cannot do this on our own. Particularly not if we want to see your kingdom come through our everyday lives and bear fruit for your name. It's daily coming before him and saying, God, I need your grace. And you know what? It's so wonderful doing life in that place. So, so wonderful. And it, it's, it's a lesson that I'm learning. And I'm so far, so far from, from being there. And I don't I'll ever get there while I'm here on the earth. But actually, there is just something marvellous when, when like, the song, Thank You For Saving Me, 
has kind of become the theme of my life recently. And there's, there's been things where sometimes I'm like, God, I've made a massive mistake and I've massively undercharged this client. Uh, what, what, what am I going to do? And I've, I've kind of put my frustration to one side, put the song on, hey, Alexa, play, thank you for saving me. And I've worshipped. And you know what? By the end of it, I've had peace. And you know what? I never even made a mistake in the first place. There was an email that I couldn't find that actually um, had it all right. But there's just been situation after situation where if I keep going in my own strength, I get annoyed, I get frustrated, and I can put that annoyance on other people. But actually, if I turn it round to God, if I receive from Him, His grace is sufficient for me. His mercy is sufficient for me. It's reassuring that how God calls us to serve isn't just something like a dictatorship from far off, but it's something that's modelled yeah. by Jesus for us. It says in Ephesians 5 verses 1 to 2, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So how do we walk? How do we walk in love? Well, it says, Jesus loved us by giving himself up for us. It's so interesting, actually, if we, we look down and we break through all the different things Paul is saying for households and how to be with one another. They're also general exhortations to be with one another. Like before that, Paul says, submit to one another. In the right way, honouring one another, loving one another, serving one another. And then he's going on to say about, so you want to see what this looks like? Well, this is what it looks like in your household. This is what it looks like in your everyday life. He's breaking it down for us. When you truly love someone, you do things for them, not because you have to, do you? But you do it because you want to serve them. That's what Jesus did for us. He laid his life down for us because he wants to serve us. He wants to be in relationship with us. And he knew there was no other way. And this is the life that he's calling us to. I think sometimes we can forget that, that the cost of discipleship is take up your cross and follow me. There's a cost to the Christian walk. It's not easy. But it's, it's, a, it's a cost that we have to do daily. As Sam was so helpfully saying earlier on, just before I came up, uh, the gospel is for everyday life. The gospel isn't something that we receive and then move away from, or just, okay, yeah, I've got that now, and move on. No, no, we grow in it daily, don't we? The Holy Spirit comes, it says, in making us more and more Christ-like. So, so how do we do this? How can we grow in living this way? There's, there's lots of things I could say. Um, could talk about how in this passage, just before, in chapter 5, it talks about being filled with the Spirit. Don't be foolish, be filled with the Spirit. In the parallel in Colossians, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. But actually, I want to take us back to Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, and I'm just going to read Paul's prayer from verse 14. It says this, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, 
that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. The purpose of man is to glorify God. That's our first and primary purpose. And part of that, as Jesus did, is by saving the lost. It's by taking Jesus' message out. But, but what, what does this look like in daily lives for us? Like where, where's a good place for us to start? I love the fact that at the end of Paul getting to his segment on sitting, he prays that we know the love of God. And then as he's talking about how we walk, he's saying we need, we need to know the love, we need to see the love that Jesus had for us and walk in it. And so as I close this morning, I want us to... I want to pray for us. I want to pray for us as Paul prayed. I want to pray that we have strength. It's interesting he uses the word strength to comprehend the power, to comprehend the love of Christ, the breadth, the height, the depth of it. Because actually, it's by seeing the love of Christ that it enables us to live the love of Christ for others. And it's, it's just so important, I think. Sometimes we can, we can get distracted by other things. We can get distracted by almost actually what we're doing to serve rather than actually the heart behind it. And actually, the heart behind it is Jesus has served us and loved us and now he's calling us to serve him and to love him. So I'm just going to pray for us. God, I thank you. I thank you that you are with us even now. God, I thank you that you are loving towards us, that you are graceful towards us, that you are merciful towards us. Lord, I just pray now that, that you will give us strength to comprehend the height the depth, the width of your love. Lord, that we may be captivated afresh by you. That, that the, the, all this truth from the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians won't, be, won't just be words that we read and that kind of encourage us, Lord God. I pray that, that there will be truths that we are caught up in, that thrill our hearts, that thrill our minds. Lord, I thank you that your love has not just redeemed each one of us individually, but you've created in us one new humanity, that we are your church together. Lord, I just pray in these these coming weeks, these coming months, help us to grow in revelation of your love. And for that to infiltrate, to seep into every area, every part of our lives that we may serve you daily in all things, glorify you daily in all things, that we may be your light daily in all things, that our community around us will see you and will come to know you. And I pray in that as well. Give us the opportunities and the courage 
to tell those in our community of your love. Help us to serve the poor well in love. Help us to care for those around us well in love. Lord, I thank you for this call to love upon our lives, for this call to service upon our lives. But we can only do it in you by your strength and grace. So we humble ourselves before you and say, come, oh God, and be at work in us. We yield to you and say, have your way, Lord. Help us to serve in the strength that you supply, that you may be glorified in all things at all times. Amen.